my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Hey there, Tanner fans. Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. Now, I mentioned in the last episode, Bachelor of the Month, that even though it's belated, I do want to cover a Joey episode for Dave Coulier's birthday, which was September 21st. It was over a week ago, but I just thought I did one for Gail Edwards. I've done an episode, a special episode for John Stamos's birthday, Andrea Barber's birthday, Bob Saget's birthday. They all luckily had birthday episodes, so... Yeah, this one, I thought, taking it all the way back to season two, season two, episode seven, entitled Joey Gets Tough, which aired on November 25th, 1988, in this episode. After an interview with Miss Cadota Fig, Jesse and his band are guests on Danny's and Becky's morning talk show. Joey experiences the tough side of raising a child. I don't like that description. I really like the description on the DVD box here, which says, Nice try, Mr. Nice Guy. Joey, usually a pushover, lays down the law when DJ comes home late. I like that a lot more. Which, really, the whole thing with Danny and Becky on Wake Up San Francisco and then having uh, Jesse sing as a guest with his band Jesse and the Rippers is kind of plot B whereas the whole thing with Joey is plot A Do- uh, Joey and DJ this episode has a 7.1 out of 10 based on 189 ratings we have Richard Paul is Mr. Strobridge he is an RAP oh my goodness he passed away on December 21st on Christmas Day in 1998, which was 21 years ago. Almost 21 years ago. Oh my goodness. This episode was directed by Jeff Franklin, writer Jeff Franklin, the creator, and Leonard Rips as Lenny Rips. Miss Cadota Fig is played by Lori Ann Carr. And that was the last thing she acted in. <laughs> 1988. She was also in a movie that was Mortuary Academy. Uh, she was also Playboy Playmate of the Month in December 1986. We have a couple connections. The Munsters. Jesse mentions the show while explaining that no family is perfect. And they're Aristocats. Jory... Joey is seen wearing a sweater depicting Napoleon and Lafayette riding Edgar's motorcycle. I always thought that looking at his sweater, like, those are Napoleon and Lafayette. Lafayette, I think, is the basset hound who's sitting in the sidecar while Napoleon is the bloodhound with the head on his head and he's riding that motorcycle. 
We got some trivia. Joey imitates Bill Murray. Dave Coulier, Joey provided the voice of Dr. Peter Venkman in the real Ghostbusters TV series. Bill Murray was Dr. Venkman in the Ghostbusters film series. Stephanie states, while holding the talking stick, that Christmas will be coming soon. This episode aired on November 25th, one month to the day before Christmas Day. Wow. All right, here we got some goofs. During the family meeting, Joey says Danny told him if Joey put his foot down, the girls would respect him. It was actually Jesse who told him this. When Joey's talking to DJ at the end of the show, there's a hanger on the closet door behind them. The hanger keeps changing from behind the door to, the, to in front of the door. Errors made by characters. Oh, wait, that was already read. Soundtracks. I think we're alone now. Uncredited, written by Richie Cordell, performed by Tiffany. Alright, we got a couple of reviews. This one listed 8 out of 10 with the title, I Love These Kinds of Episodes. This review was put up on IMDb May 3rd, 2017. Warning, spoilers. Sometimes Full House gets lucky and the adults actually have to put their feet down. There's actually consequences. In sitcoms and reality shows, it is always great to see a brat kid discipline. Okay, a little harsh. With a brat comment. Uh, Joey is left home alone with the girls for a night which happens to be when Tiffany will be doing a live show in Tokyo. They egg him into letting them stay up late to watch her. Danny catches them and Joey admits he didn't want to be the bad guy. Jesse and Danny both encourage him to be firm. The next night, DJ forgets to phone home to say that her karate class went out to eat. Um, I thought they were, they stayed late to plan strategy, but we'll get to that. Okay. Joey is worried. When DJ comes home without a care in the world, Joey grounds her. That means she will miss her next tournament. Being the spoiled brat that she is, okay, she holds a grudge with Joey, completely failing to see her wrongs. He wants to unground her, but Danny and Jesse agree Joey did the right thing. Like more family sitcoms, actually with most TV episodes in general, the ending is wrapped up much too quickly with the typical family formula. Congrats, writers, you just ruined a great episode. DJ finally comes to her senses and Joey moves her grounding to after her tournament. Bad move. You give them an inch, they take a mile. Well, isn't that always the case? Right? Alright, here's the next review. 10 out of 10. But I don't want to be the bad guy. February 17th, 2014. This is one of my favorite episodes. When we see Joey, he's usually the happy-go-lucky clown who ends up in as much trouble as the girls. But when Danny comes home one night to find that his girls had once again talked Joey into breaking the rules, he lays it right down in front of Joey. Being a parent, you sometimes, being parents, you sometimes have to say no. The next day, DJ is an hour late getting home. Joey is frantic, calling everybody he knows to find out where she is. Scared, then relieved when she walks in, Joey gets really mad when DJ brushes it off, saying it's no big deal. He grounds DJ for the next weekend, which is when her karate tournament is. Instead of a father-slash-daughter talk at the end, we get a Joey-slash-DJ talk. It's pretty good, and the adjusted punishment is pretty good. I really admire Danny for standing up for Joey. Yes. Yeah, during that family meeting, which I'll I'll get to, Danny doesn't waffle. He's like, honey, I'm not changing your punishment. Joey was completely 100% correct. DJ even goes to the point of saying, dad, 
why are you doing this to me? And Danny's all like, DJ, I'm not doing anything to you. Like, oh my god. Hey, season two actually has subtitles. Yay! So we go into the cold open. Jesse's in his room pumping some iron with his dumbbells, the little arm weights. And we see Michelle and this adorable little leotard and headband. It's And she's got the little pink leggings. It's so adorable. And she's got little baby free weights. It's just like, aww. She's just kind of mimicking. Like he's going, oh, one. There's two. And she, one, two. <laughs> it's so cute. So they put down the free weights, and Joey's like, alright, let's see those muscles, kiddo. And she's like, Ur, muscles. <laughs> and he lifts her up. And he's like, oh, by day, she's a toddler, but by night, she's super baby. How funny, super baby, that term that he called her one time that we know of, is coming back in the And Baby Makes Three episode. I believe it's in season... It's got to be season three. Okay, I was wrong on the title. It's not M Baby Makes Three. It's season three, episode 22, Three Men and Another Baby. I like that little three men and a baby reference, but three men and another baby, where they're babysitting Tony Hogan, the baby from down the street, who is the youngest brother of Brian... They say um, Tony Keegan. Okay was the little baby brother of Brian Keegan, who not only DJ babysits, but is also Stephanie's classmate in the episode, Nerd for a Day. Also, DJ babysits him in Misadventures in Babysitting. And all, actually, all three of these, episode, or these episodes I'm talking about uh, take place in season three. Wow. I'm going to play this clip because I love Jessie and Michelle's scenes, especially when she's a little baby. I love it. It's so cute. You know that Jesse just, his interaction with Michelle, he's going to be a great daddy one day. Onto the, his his bed with his faux fur comforter, and it's so cool. He's like laying on his on his back, with and kind of puts Michelle on his stomach. He's like, "Let's see your muscles, she did muscles." And he goes, "Tickler!" <laughs> like, I love it. It's so cute. All right, so we come out of the intro. The family's sitting down to dinner. Danny's kind of dabbing at his mouth with a napkin, saying, it's "Excellent fried chicken, Joey." This could be your most delicious meal of the year. 
I love Joey's response. It was like, well, thanks, Danny. I was a little nervous at first. But, you know, once I actually drove up to the takeout window, ugh, I felt strong. <laughs> but Danny starts to rise up out of his seat like, all right, well, let's clean up. DJ says, oh, no, no, sit. I'll clean up. Come on, Steph. Right away, I'd be like, hmm, that's um, definitely suspicious. Because when has DJ ever volunteered to do anything? <laughs> Especially when it comes to cleaning up. Stephanie gets up and says, it's our pleasure to serve you. Yeah, I'd be a bit suspicious there. Like, no, these kids don't do good deeds just because... For the sake of doing a good deed. There's a lying undercurrent there. They want something. Oh, Joey's like, and for dessert, I am proud to present genuine imitation pudding. They're basically snack packs. Which, um, what, what's the brand for snack uh, packs? I'm trying to, but anyway, anyway, um, there's this really good kind. Granted, it's been sitting in my pa pantry for probably a month. <laughs> Like, oh, I'll get these. <laughs> and they sit there. And I'm like, oh, I guess I should eat these or throw these out. Anyway, it's um ch cinnamon chocolate pudding. It's very, very good. Two things I love, cinnamon and chocolate. There's also another kind that um the Handy Pack snacks have. It's um cinnamon churros, which is really good, too. So, of course, DJ, she's got to, you know, take care of herself. She's preparing for her karate tournament. None for me. I got to stay lean and mean. So, Joey takes a thin breadstick to Michelle and says, Here, Michelle, kung fu this. And Danny holds on one side of the end of the breadstick and Joey holds on to the other. And Michelle just takes her hand and goes, Ta -da! It breaks it right in half. It's a breadstick. It'll break if you blow on it. <laughs> Joey's like, ooh, attack of the ninja baby. So Joey's like, or not, or not Joey, I'm sorry. Danny looks at Michelle like, honey, you haven't even eaten your potatoes yet. You haven't eaten a thing, sweetie. And Michelle looks at Danny's like, cookie. And Danny's like, oh, here you go, Michelle. Here's some Boston baked cookies. She's like, beans. And Danny's like, Oh, so they are my mistake. <laughs> I'm going to play this. I love this family time together. It's just, it's so adorable how they all are with each other. Mm, great fried chicken. Joey, this could be your most delicious meal of the year. Oh, thanks, Danny. I was a little nervous at first, but once I actually drove up to the takeout window, <laughs> felt strong. <laughs> Let's clean up. No, 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 sit. I'll clean up. It's our pleasure to serve you. <laughs> and for dessert, I am proud to present genuine imitation pudding. None for me. I have a big karate tournament this weekend. I want to stay lean and mean. Ha! Here, Michelle. Kung Fu this. <laughs> Ooh, attack of the ninja baby. She has broken our dinner. She must pay. Michelle, you haven't eaten a thing. Don't you like your potatoes? Cookie. Doesn't that chicken look good? Cookie, Dory. Okay, here are some Boston baked cookies. Beans. 
Yeah, being dumb. Oh, so they are. <laughs> My mistake. So, Joey even tries to get Michelle for the, the chicken. Like, oh, Michelle, doesn't that chicken look yummy? She looks at... Michelle looks at Joey's like, Cookie Joey. <laughs> like, oh, this girl's on the cookie train. That cookie, that cookie uh, train started early. Because that's how she's about chocolate cake and cookies. Speaking of cookies, I think we're going to make those Toll House uh, turtle cookies with the pecans and the caramel and the chocolate chips. I'm sure I'm making you hungry. You all want cookies, don't you? So Jesse comes in, he's got his sunglasses on, he's got his bike helmet in his hand, he's like, alright everybody, gather around, gather around, Who, guess who's got a gig at Slim's this weekend? Of course, DJ's like, George Michael? Bon Jovi? Stephanie's like, Barbie and the Rockers? He's like, no, me. So Jesse's like, well this is Major League, but I gotta find a way to fill this club. So he's not playing at the Smash Club, he's playing at Slim's. Stephanie's on that show. Your worries are over, I'll tell the whole first grade. <laughs> oh, it's Stephanie. Always there to lend a hand or fill a room. So Danny's got a better idea, actually. He says, why doesn't your band play on my talk show Friday morning? And Jesse just turns, takes Danny's face in his hand and says, oh, I love this man. And Danny's like, well, don't love me yet. You still have to audition for my boss. I mean, Danny could make the suggestion, but his boss could just as easily turn it down. I mean, come on, who doesn't want young, hip talent to promote their gig? Oh, Jesse gives a classic line, I'm there for you, babe. Just like the season two episode, I'm there for you, babe. So Jesse invites... Danny to come down and kind of doing a little warm-up gig and help Jesse pick out a song for the audition. So Danny looks to the girls who are hanging out by the sink, probably waiting to put the dishes in the sink and wash them and put them in the dishwasher. He's like, all right, girls, I'm going to be out late. So Joey's in charge. And Stephanie and DJ are like, oh, yeah, that's cool. That absolutely no problem. And it turns out that works out awesome for the girls because Joey, big old softy pushover Joey, is going to work out great for when these girls are going to schmooze him, laughing at all his jokes, his impressions, in order to stay up and watch Tiffany live from Tokyo. Here's a question I have. Um, they have a VCR, as we know from the Cousin Steve episode from season one. And apparently it records things off the television. Um, why can they not tape that off the TV and watch it later? Like, tomorrow when they get home from school? Or maybe it's just the idea of seeing her live from Tokyo. Maybe it's one of those events that you can't tape off the TV, but then again, I don't know. We got a lot of I'm there for you, babe. We get it from Jesse. 
We get it from Danny, who's going to help Jesse pick out a song to sing on the Wake Up San Francisco show. Joey says, I'm going to run Michelle's bath. Hey, I'm there for you, babe. So with Joey heading upstairs with Michelle, DJ lets Steph in on a little secret about how Joey babysitting them works out great. Steph, this works out perfect. Good. What works out perfect? Joey's in charge. He'll let us stay up late to watch Tiffany live from Tokyo. This works out perfect. And if Joey gives us any trouble, we'll hit him with the secret weapon. The The bunny nose. So they figure this is great. Joey will let them stay up late and watch Tiffany live from Tokyo. And DJ's like, and if that doesn't work, we give him the bunny nose as they twitch their noses. Clearly this is an act they've used on Joey before because when they do use it on Joey, he's like, oh no, not the bunny nose. So they've used it on him. So downstairs in Joey's room, the girls are hanging out on the bed and Joey is working on his impressions. So his new impression for his act is Bill Murray, Bill, I mean Bullwinkle talking to Bill Murray. So yeah, basically Bullwinkle's asking Bill Murray for dating advice. Like, hey Bill, why won't the girls go out with me? And Bill's like, well, gee, there Bullwinkle, well, I mean you have a coat rack on your head, so I mean you got that going for you. I mean, you hang out with that whiny little squirrel named Rocky, and sure he flies, you got that going for him. And Stephanie and Michelle barely wait for Joey to finish, as they're like, Woo! Yeah, Joey! You rock! Yes, you are the best comedian ever! Joey does his, oh, come on now, cut it out! I love you people! That's what he must say, say on stage. He does the cut it out. They are really, really hamming it up here, the girls are. They are really, they're laying it on thick is what they're doing. DJ's like, hey, Steph, isn't it fun hanging out with Joey as DJ gets off the bed and then goes over, grabs the TV guide, and Stephanie's like, oh yeah, it's the funnest. Let's keep the fun going. Let's do something with Joey tonight. And DJ pretty much is like, starts out by saying, hey, guess what's on the tube, Joey? An educational special about Japan. And Joey's like, uh-huh, yeah, let me see that TV guide, this special about Japan that you want to watch. Uh, first of all, education and no kid wants to watch an educational special unless they are forced to in school. Come on. Uh, isn't it fun hanging out with Joey? The funnest. Let's do something with Joey tonight. Hey, Joey, look what's on the tube. An educational special about Japan. It's our lucky day. <laughs> wink, wink. Let me see this educational special about Japan. Yeah, he doesn't believe you. Would it be Tiffany live from Tokyo? Yeah, that's it. Well, girls, this is a school night, and it looks like Tiffany will be live in Japan till 10.30. 10.30? Good thing I took a nice long nap today. <laughs> Steph, why did you take a nap if you didn't know this was going to be on till just now? Uh, DJ, why did I do that? <laughs> Woman's intuition. Yeah, what she said. I know exactly what's going on here. You little tricksters waited until your dad left to ask me because you know he would have said no. Please. 
Oh, not the bunny nose. <laughs> Staff, this isn't going to work. Uh -huh. Oh, not the double bunny nose. <laughs> no man is this strong. All right, all right, all right. Yay, thank you. Thank you. Guys can thank watch. You, all right, I'll make the popcorn. Joey, 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 Joey. Next time we go straight to the bunny nose. All right. So Joey takes the TV guide from DJ, sits on the bed in between DJ and Stephanie's like, hmm, uh, this educational special about Japan wouldn't happen to be Tiffany live from Tokyo, would it? And it's like, yeah, that's it. That's the one. And Joey's like, well, it looks like this Tiffany live from Tokyo. It's going to be going until 1030. Girls, it's a school night. And Stephanie's like, wow, 1030. Good thing I took that long nap today. And Joey kind of rolls his eyes and looks at her like, Steph, really? Why did you take an extra long nap if you didn't know this was going to be on until, like, just now? And Stephanie's at a loss for words. She's like, uh, DJ, why did I do that? Quick thinking, DJ. She's like, oh, uh, women's intuition. It's like, Joey, you wouldn't get it. You're not a woman. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Joey's like, uh-huh, Yeah. So, wink, wink, DJ to Stephanie, doing the little bunny snuffle nose. Like, <laughs> Stephanie right away is, like, like burying her nose right in Joey's cheek. Like, bunny nose. And then DJ is on the other side of his face doing the, but he's like, no, not the bunny nose. Oh, no, not the double bunny nose. No, man, it's this strong. <laughs> It's like, finally he caves, like, all right, all right, girls, <laughs> I'll make the popcorn. And the girls are all chanting as Joey goes upstairs, Joey, Joey, Joey. They stop as soon as he's upstairs. They look at each other, and they're like, okay, next time we go straight for the bunny nose. <laughs> None of this having to listen to his impressions. Because I can only fake it for so long. <laughs> I mean, Joey can be funny sometimes, but... You can only take so many Bill Murray Bullwinkle jokes. So, Steph and DJ are in their pajamas, and Joey, of course, is still wearing his Lafayette Napoleon motorcycle sidecar sweater with the jeans. They get a giant wooden bowl filled with popcorn, enough for everybody in the house to have at least a couple handfuls. They're dancing to I Think We're Alone Now. I remember that song, you know, my sister's six years older than me. And when I was a kid, like, I learned, if it wasn't country music I was listening to, I was learning about other music, like New Kids on the Block, Debbie Gibson, Tiffany, Janet Jackson, Michael Jackson, what have you. This song in particular, Nicole, for whatever reason, planted it in my brain that she had written the song, I Think We're Alone Now. And then I heard it on the radio on the bus. I'm like, my sister wrote that song. <laughs> oh, I was so gullible back then. Let me kind of break down what the girls are dancing and Joey's saying. Because they got a bunch of different combinations of moves here. Because what else can you really do in that small amount of space between the coffee table and the front of the couch. Yeah, Joey snapping his fingers, kind of moving his hips, legs side to side. 
Stephanie's kind of got her hands up in the air, shaking them like she just don't care. We got <laughs> Joey with the finger snaps. They're doing like a Egyptian Vogue thing with the hands across, necks, up, side, side, up, down to the face. So they got a little Madonna Vogue going on. They got a little back and forth with the Egyptian walk like an Egyptian from the bangles going on. A lot of fun little thing. I mean, when you're dancing and your hands are in the air like you just don't care. I mean, you're having a good old time. You don't care. No one's watching you, right? You're all just hanging out. No one's going to judge each other's, each other's dance moves. They're doing a little side-to-side -side bunny hop. It's adorable. They're doing the tw they're twirling around like next to each other. That's really cool. Danny comes in. Joey does not even hear. And the look that Danny has on his face is as oh Joey girls, you are in so much trouble. You should be in bed. And <laughs> DJ and Stephanie are all like with the finger pointing, like no, turn Joe, cause Joey's facing the girls. Like, oh yeah, yeah, finger like uh, pointing. Yep, I get it. Egyptian thing going on. Yeah, and they're like worried looks. At, like no, like seriously, Joey. Like turn your head to like the right, and you're gonna see Dad on the front steps with a glare in his eye, and looking like he just wants to, uh, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't seem to be anyone around. Don't think we're alone now. <laughs> he knows he's in trouble. Hi, Danny. Hi, Joey. Hi, Stephanie. Hi, DJ. Hi, Tiffany. <laughs> Bye, Tiffany. Uh, the girls asked me if they could stay up a little late. We had no idea you'd say yes. Plus, it was yeah. an educational program. <laughs> Tiffany? Tiffany, live from Tokyo. <laughs> Danny, this is coming to us via satellite <laughs> from one of Japan's oldest and most sacred malls. I can hardly keep my eyes open. Uh, good night, Dad. Good night, Daddy. Uh, good night, Dad. Hold it, son. <laughs> Joey, face it. You're a soft touch. You let those girls take advantage of you. When doesn't he do that? I know, Danny. I, I don't want to be a bad guy. No, no. Freddy Krueger is a bad guy. Sometimes a parent has to say no. Don't worry. If you put your foot down, they'll respect you more. Are you sure? Trust me. I know my dad's stuff. Okay? From now on, no more Mr. Pushover. Good. I can be as tough as any authority figure in this house. You can do it. No, maybe I ought to tape the rest of that special for the girls. They... But they'll watch it when I tell them they can watch it. So, Danny goes over to Joey, who finally realizes that Danny is home. And he's like, oh man, I'm in trouble, aren't I? <laughs> and he's like, hi, Danny. And Danny's like, hi, Joey. Hi, Stephanie. Hi, DJ. He turns to the TV. <laughs> Hi, Tiffany. Bye, Tiffany, as he turns off the television. Stephanie and Michelle know it's like, okay, we gotta get out of here. As they fake you, like, oh, it's been a long day. And we're gonna go upstairs and hit the hay. Danny, Joey, of course, tries to play that off like, oh, because the girls say, night, dad, night, dad. And Joey's like, oh, I'm bushed. Night, dad. Joey's like, 
hold it there, son. You let those girls take complete advantage of you. And to Joey's case, I get it. He doesn't want to be the authority figure. He doesn't want to be known as the bad guy. Of course, Joey's explanation for this before the girls, like, totally leave him hanging. He's like, well, the girls asked me if they could stay up a little late. Of course, DJ is like, oh, we had no idea he'd say yes. So basically, you're throwing all the blame on, it's all Joey's fault. Joey tries to go for the, oh, plus it was an educational program. And Danny just looks at him like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, I bet it was. Danny's like, Tiffany? Really? Educational? And Joey's like, yeah, you know, Tiffany live from Tokyo. And he's like, Danny, I mean, come on. This is coming to us via satellite from one of Japan's oldest malls. <laughs> Basically, Joey's like, I give up. I don't know what to say. Oldest and most sacred malls. Yes, of course, it's crumbling. We have to preserve this mall. What better way than to have Tiffany come and throw a concert? Maybe people will bring in donations so we can preserve the fine architecture of this sacred and oldest mall. So Danny calls Joey a soft touch and he says, you let those girls take total advantage of you. I mean, Joey, he gets it. He knows the girls took advantage of him. And he's like, I just, I don't want to be the bad guy. Which honestly, what parental figure or parent wants to be the bad guy and lay down the law. They want to be the cool parent. They want to be the one the kid will always go to. They want to be Mr. or Mrs. Fun person. So Danny's like, no, no, Joey, listen, Freddy Krueger is a bad guy, okay? He says, you know, Joey, sometimes a parent has to say no. And Danny also says, don't worry, if you put your foot down, they'll respect you more. And Joey's like, really, Danny? You think so? And he's like, hey, trust me, all right? I know my dad's stuff. Really. What have you had to say no to your children? Oh, excuse me. Yes, he has had to say no to DJ at least a couple times now. One, for the Stacey Q autograph. And two, for Rocket the horse. Honey, you can't keep the horse. No, honey, you cannot skip school to get Stacey Q's autograph. I'm sorry, Joey and Jesse are in charge. Just just no on the horse. Turns out in that episode, Becky does end up, you know, providing Rocket's care at the stable. So DJ does get to maybe not keep Rocket, but she does get to spend time with him. We will never hear or see Rocket again, sadly. I doubt he died, but, you know, we just... DJ's interest in horses really after that episode we really don't get anything about it joey's like okay from now on no more mr pushover and and it's almost like joey is really trying to psych himself up from the next time he'll be put in a position to have to say no to the girls it's like i can be as tough as any authority figure in this house danny's like yeah man you can do it Granted, Joey's like, well, you know, maybe I ought to tape, like, the rest of that special so the girls can catch it later. I'm like, dude, you should have just offered to tape it from the beginning. That way they, wouldn't it be a lot more fun if you just watch the whole thing? Like, with your whole family? I mean, get Michelle in on that. I'm sure she loves Tiffany. She would love to get with the girls and just be dancing in the PJs in the living room, right? 
Even Je Jesse, I bet he loves he Tiffany, right? But then again, maybe being it's it only airs for like one time, one night. So it's like this is gonna be the talk of school for DJ and Stephanie, especially DJ. And it's like, you know everyone around the lunch table's gonna Hey, did you catch the Tiffany special last night? I mean it we were able to convince our parents to let us stay up till 10.30 to watch, like, all of it. How DJ was like, oh, well, I caught most of it, but my dad came home and caught me, and I had to go to bed, so I missed, like, the last 30 minutes. And I'm sure the girls were like, oh, DJ, you didn't get to watch all of it? Oh, you really missed the part where Tiffany had to be escorted off stage because there was a riot at the Sacred Mall. And the kids all just bum-rushed the, the stage. And luckily, she got out there fine. She didn't get her clothes ripped from her body or anything like that. She was able to be put in a limousine and driven away from the venue. Oh my gosh. I can't believe it. It's probably going to be on the news. They might have footage. Watch the news tomorrow. And then you might hear about it. And Joey mentions about maybe I should tape the rest of it. Danny's like, Joey, come on now. You're starting to waffle. You're starting to falter. I see you are already starting to cave. Remember, authority figure, foot down. Foot on the ground down. And Joey's like, he gets his Mr. Tough voice on. Like, oh, but don't watch it when I tell them they can watch it. <laughs> now we cut to the studio for Wake Up San Francisco. Jesse's auditioning for Mr. Strobridge. Strobridge, who is Danny and Becky's boss, and will later become Joey's boss when he is on the Ranger Joe show, which also happens to film in that same studio. So, Jesse's here in the studio. He's singing Devil with the Blue Dress. We don't have the Rippers, but we do have... A lady with short reddish blonde hair with a black denim jacket. We got a guy with crazy, crazy 80s poofy hair who looks like he could be Lanny from what, season 8 maybe. We do have an African American gentleman wearing a red t-shirt on the keyboards. We do have a mustachioed man with a teal green shirt playing the drums. So Danny and Becky are really into it. And then their producer, Mr. Strawbridge, is just kind of clapping along. Danny, as soon as Jesse is finished with the song, Danny turns to Mr. Strawbridge and says, Well, Mr. Strawbridge, what do you think? And he's like, Well, I don't know about music, but I know what I like. And he's like, Well, did you like them? And he's like, Hmm, you know, I don't know. So Becky, of course, has a great idea. Like, hey, how about after they sing their song, have Danny do a number with the band? And Danny's like, uh, Rebecca, I don't know. But their producer goes for it. And even Jesse's got his arms folded across his chest, like, kind of looking at Becky with his eyes narrowed, like, that's your fun idea? And Danny's like, hey, Rebecca, this is your show, too. Why don't you sing? And, of course, Becky's like, oh, well, no. Of course, the audience loves to see you embarrass yourself. And of course, the producer's like, well, yeah, I want to see that, too. But Danny's like, oh, well, I mean, as much as I'd love to do that, don't forget, I'll be in Fresno judging the Miss Cadota fig pageant. And Jesse's like, yeah, that's right, Fresno fig judging. I mean, 
And Danny's like, well, I won't have any time to rehearse. And Chester's like, yeah, I mean, he won't have any time to rehearse. It's just not a good idea all around. So, yeah, Jesse kind of gets in there. It's like, yeah, you know, Danny would need a lot of time to rehearse. I mean, he's not exactly a rock and roll animal. Mr. Strawbridge is like, you know, I can get another band. Jesse finally is like, well, you know, on the other hand, I guess he does have that Mick Jagger quality. Danny does the duck lips. Like, oh my goodness. All right, now we come back to the house. It's the next day, and Joey's on the phone with Mrs. Gibbler for a second or third time trying to figure out where DJ is. Um, here's a quick question. Do they not have the number for the dojo that DJ is training at? That would have been my first call. You can't tell me they don't have a phone there. And if they planned this strategy planning, you know, to run a little long, other parents would more than want to be notified. Granted, they'd probably be already on the way to pick the kids up only to find out they're running a little late. So I'm going to play this clip. Hello, Mrs. Gibbler. It's Joey Gladstone again. Uh, have you heard from DJ yet? No? I'm worried sick and I don't know who else to call. Well, listen, if you hear from DJ, tell her I want her home immediately. Uh-huh. Thanks. Cookie. Shell, no more cookies. Look at this. You can eat a magic little green tree. Tiffy, eat. Steffi, eat broccoli. Get real. Steph, has DJ ever been late like this before? I don't think so, but everything before I was fine is a little bit fuzzy. I... DJ, you're home. It's nice to see you, too. You're an hour late. Oh, sorry. After karate class, we all hung around and planned strategy for the big tournament on Saturday. It's going to be so <laughs> rad. What'd you make for dinner? We got our pizza. DJ, I was scared to death. I didn't know what happened to you. Joey, I'm fine. I was with my friends. It's no big deal. It's a very big deal. DJ, you know the rules. Why didn't you pick up a phone and call me? I forgot. That's no excuse. If your father was here, you would have remembered to call. Joey, why are you acting like this? Because you had me worried sick, and you don't seem to care. Joey, don't have a cow. Don't have a cow. That's it. This weekend, you are grounded. This weekend is my karate tournament. <laughs> I've been practicing for months. Well, then I guess you're just going to have to miss it. you got to be kidding. I can't miss it. Yes, you can. No, I can't. When Dad gets home, he'll say I'm ungrounded. I wouldn't count on that. I'm in charge here, and I say you're grounded. No, I'm not. I'm going to that karate tournament. DJ. You can't tell me what to do. You're not my father. Excuse me, but he is the authority figure there when he's not there, so just your yeah. Yeah, Joey's on the phone with Kimmy's mom and says, I'm worried sick. I don't know where DJ is. I don't know who else to call. And if you think about it, Danny's in Fresno with the Kadota fig pageant. I'm not sure where Jesse is. More likely, he probably is rehearsing for the Wake Up San Francisco gig. I gotta ask this question. Um, How was DJ originally going to get home from this karate tournament? I mean, so Joey wasn't going to take the girls, strap them into the car seats... 
or Michelle into the car seat and go down there and get her at her whatever time that would have ended? Or do they just assume, well, she'll just get you know, a cab, get on a trolley, ride home with Kimmy's mom? Because in season one, Tanner versus Gibbler, Kimmy is the one that's taking the karate classes. Now it's season two, and DJ is taking the karate courses, but no mention of Kimmy taking them. So maybe... It was just a one-and-done thing where Kimmy's like, oh, karate, this is great. And like, you know what? I really am not into it anymore. And her mom probably just let her quit. So Stephanie and Michelle are sitting at the kitchen table. They both have yellow plastic bowls filled to the brim with broccoli. Michelle, of course, wants a cookie. She's all about the cookies. And Stephanie's like, no, she's got, she's speared a broccoli head on her fork, holds it out to Michelle, like, no, see, eat this little green tree. And she's like, cookie, Steffi, I want cookie. You eat the broccoli, basically. Stephanie's like, Steffi, eat broccoli? Ugh, no. Um, I like that Stephanie, the lilac-colored sweatshirt she's wearing matches her little, she's got her wavy blonde hair in pigtails on top of her head, and it's like a um, terry cloth lilac color that matches her sweatshirt. Really cute. So Joey heads over to the kitchen table, talks to Stephanie, like maybe he can garner some information from Stephanie since he hasn't been living there that long with the family, that maybe this is something that has occurred before. Stephanie says, I don't think she's ever done anything like this before, but anything before the age of five is really fuzzy. You know if Danny were there, DJ would have called. Her mother would not have put up with that garbage. No way, no how. Soon as Joey is done talking with Stephanie, look who comes in the back door, but DJ in her karate gi and purple belt and her slip-on shoes. Meanwhile, while Joey was talking to Stephanie, he's bent down at the knees, you know, eye level with her. He's still on his knees when he goes over and wraps his arms around DJ's waist, holding her to him. Like, oh my gosh, DJ, you're home. I thought you were dead in a gutter somewhere. Who knows what possibilities could have been running through his mind. You know, she could have been mugged or kidnapped or... I don't know. And all DJ says is, <laughs> uh, it's nice to see you too, Joey. Joey finally stands to his full height, looks down at DJ and glowers at her, saying, DJ, you're over an hour late. And she's like, oh, sorry. After karate class, we all hung around and planned strategy for the big tournament this weekend. Not... Oh, I'm sorry, Joey. I didn't mean to worry you. It's like, oh, sorry. Actually, after karate, we all hung around and planned strategy for the next, the big tournament. Like, no sincerity in that I'm sorry at all. Not even I'm sorry. It's, oh, sorry. Uh, like, she doesn't care that he's worried. And, she, yeah, she does not care that he's worried. She doesn't care that she was an hour late. She's like, oh, it's going to be so rad, this tournament. Turns around, lifts the top of the lid off of whatever's cooking on the stove, sniffs it, is displeased, turns to Joey and says, hey, can we order pizza? 
Because we all know what a terrible cook you are, Joey. I mean, you went to KFC through their drive-thru and got us dinner because we all know what a terrible cook you are. And DJ, of course, is just leaning back against the kitchen island or the kitchen counter there. And Joey gets, like, practically right in her face. Like, DJ, I was scared to death. I didn't know what had happened to you. For all I know, you could have been in the emergency room dying because someone attacked you or something. Granted, I mean, yes, DJ's got those karate moves, but really, if you were put, if she were put in a situation, you think she would actually use them? Maybe. I mean, if she's competent enough to give Joey an attitude and be disrespectful, I would say she'd be confident enough to kick someone in the nads if need be. Granted, I'm sure in karate that's illegal. Like, the term, nothing below the belt. DJ just shrugs your shoulders like, Joey, I'm fine. It was, I was with my friends. It's no big deal. An hour, DJ. An hour late. Not 30 minutes late. Not 15 minutes late. An hour. An hour of Joey not knowing whether you're dead or alive. That is, you probably put some gray hairs on that man's head. And aged him dramatically. I love how she doesn't think, she's not even thinking that this is going to get back to Danny. You know it will. You think that Joey's acting like, why are you acting like this, Joey? You have no idea the hurt your papa's going to lay down on you, DJ. She just starts walking away from him, going into the living room. And he's like, it's a very big deal. And he follows her. It's like, honey, we're not done with this conversation, even though you're walking away from me and being very disrespectful. And he, get, he points right in her face like, DJ, you know the rules. Why didn't you pick up a phone and call me? And she's not even like, oh, I forgot. She's like, I forgot. She's got a smile on her face like, I forgot. And he's like, that's no excuse. If your dad were here, you would have remembered to call. It's like, you know she would have. Because Joey's the big pushover because they were able to con him into watching Tiffany live from Tokyo. She figures, oh, well, Joey's going to be a pushover and no big deal when I come home an hour late. Like, no big deal. I mean, if anything, he'll just wrap his arms around me and hug me and say I, I was worried. And, and leave it at that. And then everything will be cool. <laughs> it's not. And she's just looking at Joey like, Joey, why are you acting like this? Like, this is definitely side of Joey that the girls have, ne DJ's never seen. And it's just like, he's like, because you had me worried and you don't seem to care is why I'm acting like this. So she's like, Joey, don't have a cow. She turns to walk away from him and he's like, don't have a cow. That's it. I've had it with your back talk, young lady. Yeah, she's heading towards the stairs to go up to her room. And he's like, that's it. This weekend, you are grounded. I'm like, oh, and DJ, don't you dare try to pull that dead mom card on me either. I'm sorry, but that sympathy has gone out the window. I'm sorry, but you're not using, you're not playing that card. She turns, she stops, turns, and looks at him, mouth agape, shocked. Like, well, this weekend is my karate tournament. I mean, I've been practicing for months. Joey does not care. He n gives no cares whatsoever. He's like, well, I guess you're just gonna have to miss it then, aren't you? DJ is to the point where she's now freaking out. Like, you gotta be kidding. I can't miss it. And he's like, yes, you can. And she's like, no, I can't.
And she right away plays the dad's gonna get me out of this car. It's like, when dad gets home, he'll say I'm ungrounded. And Joey, I love that he sticks up for himself, stands in group's ground, and says, uh, I wouldn't count on that. Like, your dad gave me full, complete control here. And if I need to ground you or want to ground you, I have complete control of that. He says, I'm in charge here, and I say that you're grounded. He starts walking away, and she's the one who confr you know, starts walking towards him. Like, no, I'm not. I'm going to that karate tournament. She's like, eh, you can't tell me what to do. She lays you're not my father. I'm like... I may not be your father, but I am in charge. I am the authority figure in this house when your dad is not here. So, yeah, she just drops that mic like, hey, I'm going to my karate tournament. Don't care what you say. She turns to walk away. Joey points his finger in her direction. Like, DJ, like, come back here. We're not done talking. She's like, you can't tell me what to do. You're not my father. And with that, she turns and walks up the stairs. You see Joey sit on the edge of the back of the chair and you see him like spread his fingers wide like he's just releasing all this pent up rage that he's been holding inside of him and you see him clench his fists like okay Joey okay keep calm you have two little girls in the kitchen that you still have to take care of just you need it 10 second rule count to 10 just say, you know what, you guys are going to have a meeting about this. You're going to talk to Danny and Jesse about this situation, and you guys will take care of this. But in the meantime, it's like, you need to calm down. Calm yourself. I want to know what I'm thinking. Joey's background growing up as a child in the military, um, I can definitely see that his father was most likely very strict with him and we do eventually get to meet Joey's father and I bet anything as Joey was yelling at DJ all of that discipline and anger and shouting and pointing fingers at Joey was flashing through his mind as he was yelling at DJ I can only imagine that was coming right back to him and honestly, I gotta say, Dave Coulier, wow, just, well, I mean, Candace did good too, but Joey brought the heat. He brought that hammer down. So, Joey is, it's the next morning, he's at the kitchen table with Michelle, and I love the cute design here he did with the egg. He made the yolk, like, into little rays of the sun. It's really, really cute. I wish someone would do that for me. Maybe Jeremy might make me a sun egg. Oh, I'm sorry. The rays are made of cheese. Why do they think they were made of the yolk? That wouldn't work because the yolk would be runny. Tell, of course, that's her favorite word. Cookie. Guys, you gotta cut off her cookie limit. This is, you shouldn't have introduced the cookie into her life because she is 24-7 cookie, cookie, cookie. Where are my cookies? I want all the cookies. Give them to me now. She's like... Veruca Salt in the <laughs> Will Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory with a give it to me now. Joey is really hurting from DJ's comment of you're not my father because he sets the plate down after Michelle says I'm on a cookie. He's like no 
Michelle, look, I, I know I'm, I'm not your dad. I'm not your father. But it would really make me happy if you would eat this sun ray. This, this egg sun that I created just for you. And she, of course, has her little hand on her cheek. Like, okay, Joey. <laughs> Aww. Oh, she ate the she ate the little piece of cheese ray. Jesse comes down. He's got his wardrobe in his his garment bag. What he's going to wear on Wake Up San Francisco that morning. And he says that he has talked to DJ. And of course, Joey is not her favorite person. So Jesse reminds Joey, like, "Hey, don't forget, catch me on Danny's show today." And he calls Michelle Spanky and gives her a little kiss. And then he notices the egg sum with the cheese rays. Like, very creative. This wouldn't happen to be a way to cheer up DJ. Because I think you're going to have to try a little bit harder. No, no sun cheese ray is going to make her happy. Okay, so Joey is the one who goes over to Jesse by the kitchen island and asks, like, hey, have you seen DJ today? Jesse tells Joey, yes, I have. You are not her favorite guy this morning. And Joey sits down at the kitchen island, and he's got his chin in both his hands, just like, oh, man. And Jesse is like, look, man, you did what you had to do. You know, you were right to discipline her. You can't let her walk all over you like that. He's like, hey, the kid was late. You didn't call. She didn't, or excuse me, she didn't call. You had to do something. And of course, Jesse doesn't help when he's like, well, just glad it was you and not me. And Joe, I get it. He's like, I hate having DJ mad at me like this. It's driving me, driving me nuts. Like, I bet anything you wouldn't. The idea of knowing that someone's angry with you for something that you said or did. I mean, if you have a conscience, guys, come on. You know that that's a type of thing that eats away. It eats away at me. Luckily, there aren't many people out there that are mad at me. And if they are... That bothers me for a long time, and I always try to be the one to try to make it up to them to make it right again, because that's just something that just sits on my heart and sits on my mind for a long, long time. And he's like, I hate all this tension. I'm going to go upstairs right now and let her off the hook. And Jesse's like, guy, don't, Joey, don't do that, man. Don't back down. She's going to respect you for it later. Yeah, Jesse says, Joseph, take it from me, a guy whose father grounded him a lot, most of the 70s. He's like, well, we yelled, we screamed, but it all blew over. He tells Joey, like, hey, as he's pointing, you know, in, his, in Joey's chest, like, hey, you're doing the right thing, right? You need to stick your guns on this one. Jesse grabs a cup of coffee, like, oh, Michelle, you done with that uh, egg sun ray, cheese ray thing? And he goes to take a piece of cheese, and she, like, smacks his hand and says, oh, guess not. So I'm going to play this clip here from the point where Joey sits down with Michelle and shows her the egg sunrise that he made and just saying, like, I know you're, I'm not your father, but I like you to eat. And up to, you know, J Jesse giving him advice. Michelle, you want some egg? I made it look like the sun. See, there's little rays made of cheese. <laughs> Cookie. <laughs> oh, Michelle, I know I'm not your father, but it would make me very happy if you ate some breakfast. Okay, Joey. Okay, here, Michelle. Oh, thank you. Good morning. 
Joseph, make sure to watch me on Danny's talk show this morning. You too, Spanky. Oh, egg some with cheese rays. Very creative. Hey, Jess, have you seen DJ today? Yes, I have, and you're not her favorite guy this morning. <sighs> Joseph, the kid was late. She didn't call. You had to do something. Just glad it was you and not me. I hate having DJ mad at me like this. It's driving me nuts. I hate all this tension. I'm gonna go upstairs right now and just let her off the hook. Whoa, 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 whoa. Joseph, take it from a guy whose father grounded him a lot, most of the 70s. We yelled and we screamed, but it all blew over. You're doing the right thing. You just stick to your guns, all right? You done with that, Michelle? I guess not. Glad to see your appetite is back. Wish me luck. Bye. So Michelle, or DJ comes down the stairs dressed head to toe in a denim jacket and a denim skirt and a pink button-up shirt underneath. And she goes over, completely ignoring Joey, Joey, of course, and gives Michelle a kiss and a greeting. And Joey's like, well, good morning, DJ. And she just looks at him, the coldest look that you could give a person, and just says, very formally, good day, Mr. Gladstone. Not even worth calling him Joey. And he made her lunch, which he probably does every day, but because she's angry with him, she's like, oh, well, no, thank you, because I'll be purchasing my lunch today. And you hear a horn honk. And she's like, oh, well, there's my ride. And he's like, oh, well, have a nice day. (laughs) He's just so nervous around her now. She's like, oh, well, I intend to, as she backs out of the kitchen into the living room. Oh, Steph. Aw. She's like, don't worry, Joey. I still love you, no matter how much you punish DJ. And then she's like, well, since she's not going to have it, can I have her lunch, too? Like, now she's had two lunches. Sweet. I know Steph ain't going to eat all that food. I bet anything she's probably going to give some of that to Harry or maybe um, maybe a kid maybe who couldn't afford lunch or maybe someone who just needs a little something extra. Something like that. I don't know why, but I, I kind of think Steph would be the type to help help a person out if another kid out if, say, they couldn't afford lunch. Aww. Steph and Joey, it's so sweet. Hi. Good morning, DJ. Good day, Mr. Gladstone. I, uh, made your lunch. No, thank you. I'll be purchasing my meal. There's my ride. Have a nice day. I intend to. Don't worry, Joey. I still love you, no matter how much you punish, DJ. Can I eat your lunch? So, the winner of the Miss Cadota Fig is on the show, of course, they're going to interview her. And she says, over the years, the Fig has gotten a bad rap. I like Fig Newtons, honestly. I haven't had a Fig Newton in, like, years. I mean, I'm sure she's not talking about the Fig Newton. She's talking about the Fig. Oh, yeah, she brings it up. Like, a lot of people think of it as only a filling for a Newton. I mean, what else really when you think of figs you think of newtons right i mean what else can you think of a fig for or why else would you think of a fig unless it was going into a newton and danny is just enamored with this girl he just bent over chin in hand just like she is talking the most 
reciting the most beautiful poetry to him, and she's talking about figs and newtons. He's like, wow, I can see why you're Miss Cadota Fig. And Beckett's like, well, you should. <laughs> you were one of the judges. So Danny tries to get things on track. Like, oh, um, Rebecca, what else do we have for today? And Rebecca is like, uh, your brother-in-law's band? And he's like, all right, yes. So I'm going to play this clip. Over the years, the fig has gotten a bad rap. A lot of people think of it as only a, a filling for a Newton. It's fascinating. <laughs> I can see why you're Miss Cadota Fig. You should. You were one of the judges. Yes. Well, what else do we have for today? Your brother-in-law's band? Oh, right. Honest, folks, the fact that we're related has nothing to do with him being on the show. Unfortunately, due to your newfound interest in Cadota Figs, we only have time for one song. Well, then let's get right to Jesse and the Rippers singing Devil with the Blue Dress on. Tanner, you. <laughs> Danny, I've had a request for you to sing your song instead. As a special treat, here is our own Danny Tanner singing with the band. Uh, I don't know. They're so good without me. <laughs> Hi, Jess. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesse and the Rippers, and me, I'm Danny Tanner. We'll talk about this at home. So, Jesse and Becky at this point are not an item. She just started on Wake Up San Francisco in early on here in season two. So, the fact that she refers to Jesse as just your brother-in-law, Danny, is just like, it's so formal and so, like, there's nothing... Because they only met in season two, episode two, which is Tanner versus Gibbler. Um, there was a smidge, a little bit of flirting, and maybe uh, DJ's very first horse, where he asked her out to you know, lunch or dinner. And then they kind of shared their first kiss in our very first Christmas show. I don't think, yeah, they don't have their first kiss yet until episode nine. Which I'll be covering in December for the Christmas episodes. And they share their second kiss in A Little Romance. So because the interview with Miss Cadota Fig ran long, unfortunately they only have t time for one song with Jesse and the Rippers and Danny. So, uh, yeah, the manager, the uh, producer like, Danny, Tanner, Tanner, get in here and sing with the band. Jesse, of course, is not happy about it. It's like, dude, what did you expect? That was the only way you're getting on that show is if he sung with your band. So I'm going to play Danny singing uh, Devil with a Blue Dress because it's just, I don't know if these are all the lyrics in the song, but I don't know if coffee is mentioned in it. And of course, surprise, DJ shows up. It's like, sweetie, you need to be in school not to mention they're filming the show right now so how did she get past security more likely she'd be like oh um well danny tanner's my dad and i need to like speak with him they'd be like well honey he's filming the show right now you can't go up there we if you want to wait in the dressing room or his office if danny had an office um until the show is done it wraps you're more than welcome to but you cannot go out there on that stage you know every now and then you watch wake up san francisco because it's nice Definitely and easy <laughs> well this morning i had a little too much coffee so we're gonna do it nice and rough 
Hit it, boys. Proud Mary, Credence, Clearwater Revival, Tina Turner. All right. Here are the lyrics. Left a good job in the city. Working for the man every night and day. Haven't even, haven't ever lost a one minute of sleeping. Worried about the way things might have been. A big wheel keep on turning. Proud Mary keeps up, keep on burning. Rolling, rolling, rolling on a river. Rolling, rolling, rolling on a river. If you come down to the river, bet you're going to find some people who live you don't have to worry because you'll have no money people on the river are happy to give i said a big wheel keep on turning proud mary keep on burning rolling 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 on a river rolling 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 on a river see i <laughs> does the song does not sound good when you have no emotion to it if you come down to the river, I bet you're going to find some people who live. You don't have to worry because you have no money. People on the river are happy to give. I said a big wheel keep on turning. Proud Mary keep on burning. Rolling, rolling, rolling on a river. Rolling, rolling, rolling on a river. Okay. So nowhere in that song does it say... Jesse starts out with left a good job in the city. Working for the man every night and day. And... <laughs> Every now and then you watch Wake Up San Francisco because it's nice and easy. This morning I had a little too much coffee. I'm going to do it nice and rough. And I'm thinking, is this a slam poetry reading? Because <laughs> this one, it's, it's like he's delivering a monologue. And he's just dancing in place like he had like six cups of coffee. Just dancing side to side, up and down, turning around, f opening his suit jacket and like showing off his iron shirt and tie. It's like a flat, almost like opening your shirt like a flasher. Like, what in the what are you doing, buddy? The lady who's singing with Jesse as backup vocals is just, she's trying to like keep it together. Like, what is this man doing? He's straddling that mic. That's on that stand. He's got it like between his legs. or His legs are spread wide apart. And he's like. Oh he's got his arms going like he's like a swimmer at the Olympics. I don't know what dance move that is. But I'm pretty sure it's a dance move of something right. Like 
the swim or there's got to be a term for it. Now he's like moving his hands up and down, his arms up and down in front of his face. Like what? he's just making things up as he goes along. Like every single dance move he ever learned in like high school and college, he's like bringing to the table. Now he's throwing out his uh, lanky legs because Bob Saget is a ginormous tall man. And it's like, dang, you're lucky you didn't take out that drum set right behind you when you lifted your leg up. Like, <clears throat> of course, Danny's got the mic in his hand now, and he's just looking around. He sees DJ come up, which, like I said, they would not have her on that stage while they're filming the show. And it's like, DJ? And... The band just kind of rolls with it. DJ keeps on burning, he says. Like, he's just trying to, like, insert lyrics into the song. So Danny goes and runs and grabs Becky, who's standing off of this, this platform where the band is. And he, Danny yanks her onto the stage. Like, hey, you're going to sing a duet with me. Becky tries, she might, she is just go trying to go with it, like, be as professional as possible. Like, oh, this isn't unexpected. Danny sticks a microphone right between them, and they're doing the do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. And she's kind of getting, you know, getting her hands up, like, getting into the music, just trying to be musical. Danny, like, practically wallops her in the chest with his elbow. Just all of a sudden, she's standing there, the mic between them, and he's like, whoa! Like, elbow, boom, right to the chest. And she just, like, gets off stage before she gets an elbow in the eye. Like, Danny's all like, here, I'm going to do my own thing now. And she's like, you look at her hand to her chest looking at Danny like, oh my god. Like, you almost punctured my chest cavity with your elbow, Danny. Oh, he's doing the swimming motion. There has got to be a name for that dance. Yeah, she just looks like he took her breath away. Like, oh my gosh. He's like, watch me. He's like, watch me. Help me. Hurt me. He's just making up these lyrics as he goes along. Good gosh almighty, great balls of fire, tutti frutti, oh Rudy. Like, what in the what? Oh my goodness. He's like, oh, proud Mary. Like, okay, that, wow, you just inserted your own lyrics. He just was ad-libbing. And Jesse's probably thinking while well, he's strumming on the guitar, it's like, nobody is gonna come and see me play at Slim's now if they think Danny Tanner, who Danny does say, don't worry, I won't be there. And he's like, Danny's like, hey, take my home, boys. And Jesse's just like, take yourself home. If I never get signed to a record, exec or record label, it's on you, Danny, because this was embarrassing. Danny tried to attempt the splits, but he only got to his knees. <laughs> so Becky comes back on and says, Oh, Danny, I never knew you were so musical. <laughs> As he straightens his tie, I was president of the Boys Glee Club. Like, yeah, great. Yeah, the lady with the short reddish blonde hair just looks at Danny and shakes her head in disgust. Like, oh, this guy, I can't believe it. He's so lame. <laughs> so that's gotta be Lanny from in season eight when the Rippers drop Jesse from their the band because Jesse would call him Lonnie and it's like no it's Lanny I'm gonna play this clip of Danny finally going and talking to DJ like what is going on why are you not in school young lady you are gonna be doubly grounded now DJ 
What are you doing here? Mrs. Gibbler dropped me off. Dad, I have to talk to you. Guess what Joey did? Jesse told me the whole story. DJ, I know you're upset, but you gotta get to school. But Dad is... Look, right after school, we'll have a family meeting at home and talk this thing out. Jesse, can you give DJ a ride to school? Oh, sure. I'm your backup band. I'll be your chauffeur. So I'm gonna come back and peel a fig for you. <laughs> So yeah, Danny's first question is, what are you doing here? His second question, why aren't you in school? She's like, oh, well, Mrs. Gibbler dropped me off. Dad, you have to listen to what Joey did. And Danny's like, yeah, Jesse told me all about it. I can't believe DJ's all like, you'll never believe what Joey did. Can you believe it? He actually tried to discipline me. <laughs> I told him that you will unground me, of course. So now we're at the house. It's the family meeting because Danny said, sweetie, you got to go to school. Okay, we were talking about this. We will have a family meeting after school. Jesse, can you take DJ there? And of course, Jesse's like, sure, I'm your backup man. I'm your chauffeur. Sure, I'll take her. Want me to come back and peel a fig for you? Danny's got this yellow wiffle bat used as the talking stick. It's like, all right, we got a family problem. So that means we have a family meeting. Why does Stephanie really need to be there? Honestly, Jesse really does not need to be there either. What I think should happen is DJ, Joey, and Danny need to sit down. Stephanie does not need to be there. Because this has nothing to do with her. Granted... Unless Danny goes on into a lecture about when I'm not here, you know Jesse and Joey are in charge, which he does say, but he should say also, like, girls, they are in charge, so if you do something wrong, they have every right to punish you. And no more of this taking advantage and trying to get your own way, either. Like, you try that, you're gonna be doubly grounded. So, Danny, of course, has Stephanie who is just me, 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 review the rules, which is usually only one. The talking stick, whoever holds the stick, is the only person that is allowed to talk. Poor Joey looks like he's on trial. <laughs> I feel bad for him. Granted, of course, now that she has the talking stick in place, she uses it to field her, address her own agenda, which is her bike. Christmas is getting closer, my bike is getting smaller, Think about it. So, I take it she did not win the bike for the honeybees. Um, honey competition. Uh, that was in season one, Danny's very first date. Thank goodness Danny takes a stick from her before she can conclude any more wants on this wish list for Christmas. So, he's like, alright, who wants to start? Of course, DJ decides to start and tell her story. She's like... Dad, Joey had no right to try to ground me when I have a karate tournament coming up. And the way that Joey just looks at DJ like, oh boy, now I'm going to get roasted. It's like, he just, I feel bad for him because he, he looks like he's on trial. And she's like, Dad, tell Joey he can't do that. Basically, you're saying when Joey watches you, he has no authority to discipline you? I don't think so, sweetie. <laughs> That's not how it works. Danny takes the talking stick from her and says, DJ, you know that when I'm not here, I turn over all responsibility to Jesse and Joey. 
DJ is like, Dad, that punishment is way too unfair. And Stephanie now has to jump in with cheating. You're not, you don't have a stick. You can't talk. And it's like, well, you don't have a stick either, Stephanie. She's like, no, that wasn't talking. That was explaining. Well, nobody, see, Stephanie doesn't need to be here for this thing. I get it. It's a family meeting, but it has nothing to do with her and Jesse. Michelle's not there. She's probably napping upstairs, but even still. This really could be worked out between Danny, Joey, and DJ. Danny and DJ are both sitting on the couch. And Danny turns to face DJ and says, You know, honey, I think the reason this is so hard for you is because it's the first time Joey has put his foot down and actually disciplined you. For months now, you girls have been taking advantage and walking all over him like he's a doormat. You're not going to do that anymore. Even in season one, um, our very first night, when Jesse has to watch the girls, he's tough with them, but they still manage to tiptoe all over him. Granted, Jesse's snapping his fingers like, all right, I got some input here. Give me the stick. Thank you. But what Jesse has to say is good. He's like, I have to say that I side with Joseph 100%. And Jesse starts spouting off all these sayings. You do the time, you do the crime, you do the time, you pay the piper, face the music. Man, you gotta bite the... And it's just like, what am I talking about? Yeah, what are you talking about? You're wasting precious time by spouting off gobbledygook that has nothing to do with... You side with Joey, that's amazing. Sit down and give the stick back to either Danny or DJ. Give it to Joey because he hasn't had a time to really speak yet about his side of it. We've heard DJ saying, Dad, this is totally unfair. Tell Joey he can't ground me. We've heard Danny's side. We got to hear Joey's side of this. DJ grabs the yellow bat off of the coffee table and just starts shouting, This meeting's not fair. Everyone's against me. She's like, Dad, do something. Make it fair for me. And he takes the stick from her and says, Honey, I'm sorry. Joey's decision is final. And she's like, How can you do this to me? And <laughs> of course, Jesse's got to get his two sons. He's like, DJ, you should have called. DJ then turns on Uncle Jesse. And then Danny's yelling at DJ. Of course, this is getting to be too much for Joey, who's probably having flashbacks to when his parents were screaming at each other, or him, or he's screaming at his father and his mother. Because he eventually rips that stick out of Danny's hand and practically just bashes it against the coffee table, screaming, Stop it! Stop fighting! Danny gets up. He's like, DJ, I'm not doing anything to you. DJ's like, but it's not fair. And then, because I have the subtitles on, it's like, that's exactly right. You should have called. So Joey's had enough. As he grabs the bat out of Danny's hand, it's like, stop it. Stop. I hate to see everyone fighting. God, I couldn't stand that. I really, it makes me very uncomfortable. Luckily, I'm not in a situation where people fight a lot. Because... That stresses me out. If you guys grow up in a household where there's fighting, there's screaming, there's abuse going on, whether it's physical, emotional, what have you, I just, I can't be around that. It really stresses me out. Um, but 
one thing I do want to say, um, a little story here about you guys, if you listen to the podcast, you know how I've talked about when I was seven, I went to live with my aunt and uncle. My mom had had a stroke. She was unable to physically and mentally take care of me. She had been that way for a while. Um, I grew up a lot with like her crying and yelling and, and then, you know, my dad would be, you know, the same way, just yelling, like, why can't you girls, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then, of course, with, you know, my sister and everything, and it just, it was not a good environment. Um, I went and lived with my aunt and uncle, and it was a whole different ballgame. There was order, there was discipline. And for someone who really didn't, at home, get a lot of that, it was definitely... a it was an adjustment. Um, one time in particular, um, us kids, me and my cousins were downstairs and (laughs) there was this, this chair that, um, like a little armchair that was like spun on a little certain, like you could sit in the chair and it, um, would spin around and we would, and I think the floor was like, concrete and we would spin around in this chair eventually somebody fell off and got hurt and um my uncle had to had us all me and my four cousins five um stand there and we each got spanked and I even put up a fight saying you're not my dad you can't spank me and of course he did (laughs) he's like I don't care you're living in my house you're gonna, you're gonna get that spanking. You're not gonna act all crazy and wild. So yes, Joey does demand to be heard. It's like, I hate to see everyone fighting, so just please sit down and listen to what I have to say. I want to play this clip from the beginning. Wow. Who would like to start? I'll start. Dad, Joey had no right to try to ground me when I have a karate tournament. Dad, tell Joey he can't do that. DJ. You know that when I'm not here, I turn over all responsibility for you three girls to Uncle Jesse and Joey. Dad, that punishment is way too unfair. Cheating, no stick. (laughs) That wasn't talking, that was explaining. DJ, I think the reason this is so hard for you is because it's the first time Joey's really put his foot down. I have to say that I side with Joseph 100%. You do the crime, you do the time. You pay the piper. Face the music, man. You got to bite the book. I've been watching too many old movies. This meeting is not fair. Everyone's against me. Dad, do something. Joey's decision is final. How can he do this to me? DJ, I'm not doing called. anything to you. That's exactly right. You should have called Joey. It's not fair. Stop it. I hate to see everyone fighting. I'll just sit down and listen to what I have to say. Danny, you told me that if I put my foot down, the girls would respect me. Now DJ hates me and my foot. DJ was the one who came in late without calling. Why are you blaming yourself? Because this whole thing started when I tried to be Mr. Discipline. That's not me. Best part about being in this family is all the love and all the great times we have together. My family was always fighting. I don't want to go through that again. Well, Joseph, there's no such thing as a family that doesn't fight. I mean, even Herman Munster yelled at poor little Eddie once in a while. <laughs> Look, 
Joey. The love, the fun, the responsibility, the discipline, they all go together. When you're in this family, you're in all the way. You did the right thing. DJ deserved to be punished. Am I right, DJ? Okay, I give up. I won't go to my karate tournament. Well, there won't but be if you're waiting others. for me to be happy about it, it won't happen. We're not, we don't care that you're going to be happy or unhappy, I'll girl. I'll go talk to him. No, I'll go talk to him. I noticed that while Joey is going to start talking, Stephanie grabs the notepad and a pencil. And at first I'm like, is she taking the minutes of this meeting? But no, she's writing down every single name of everybody that talked without the stick. Again, I say Stephanie does not need to be there. And really, Jesse does not either because they were not involved in in this situation. You got DJ, you got Joey, and Danny is the mediator. I get that, you know, Stephanie and Jesse kind of are like the semi-comedic relief for this scene because there's a lot of tension in this room and a lot of shouting and, and talking over each other, but it really, and I know they needed to kind of lighten it just a little bit, but still, it kind of kind of takes away just a, a smidge. So Joey first starts in on Danny saying, hey, look, Danny, you told me that if I put my foot down, the girls would respect me more for it. Does now DJ hates me and my foot. And Danny's sitting there like, look, Joey, DJ was the one who came in late without calling. Why are you blaming yourself for that? The way that Danny says, why are you blaming yourself? is like, Joey, I don't understand why you don't get this. You shouldn't be blaming yourself. And Joey says, look, this whole thing started when I tried to be Mr. Discipline, and that's not me. Notice right behind Joey's left shoulder, we do see a picture of that very well could be Pam with the girls. And there is a family portrait to the left of that, right behind Joey's shoulder, that does have Danny and Pam and the girls. I mean, I could go so far as to even say, okay, don't discipline her then. Just say, look, DJ, I'm very angry that you didn't call me. And your dad's not here. And yes, he did give me the authority to discipline you. However, I really think this is something we both need to sit down and address with your dad and figure out the best way to properly punish you. That way DJ knows she's not off the hook and Joey isn't going to waffle and just say don't worry about it DJ. Just remember next time. And I love how Joey says the best part of being in this family is all the love and all the great times we have together. And I get it. I get where Joey's coming from. I mean, think about it. Any kid that comes from a home of fighting and and yelling and just a bunch of negative energy and stuff like that really puts a damper on your spirit and on your heart and just your outlook. So think about it. When you know, Joey grew up probably in that type of household where his father was a disciplinarian when he was there. His parents eventually realized they couldn't live together anymore. And although granted, I think that more likely happened once Joey became an adult. 
he went off to college and parents probably just figured they now that he's gone we can go our separate ways however i see that joey's mom when we met her well for the i haven't done that episode for the podcast but having seen the episode she is miss funny pants just like joey is and i do even see this in myself where i do tend to mask my feelings once in a while um when it comes to people and I try to be little Miss Funny Pants. I try to shrug off sometimes the seriousness of a situation to lighten the mood just because that's the way that I try to cope. And I see that Joey seems to be the type of person of that's how he deals with things like that he may not really want to face them and he feels like humor or, or something laughter is the best way to diffuse a, a tense tight situation sometimes i honestly gotta say that maybe that is where some of the comedy you know maybe some of the comedians they get that their material from their childhood and from the things that they experienced growing up and they put those into the, those routines. Joey, great example, he talks about how his dad would take off his belt and like chase him around. The, it's like, uh, but still, I mean, you guys, you get where I'm coming from. There are, I'm sure, people out there like that that have grown up in households where they try to use humor to deflect and diffuse situations. I've always been like that. You know, I see Joey coming into this house where everybody is just, they're on a team and they love each other. They have great times and they support each other. And it's just, it's gotta be an amazing feeling to be able to, to, to feel that and just be able to share in those emotions and good times, which if you think about it, he's probably had more good times living with, you know, the girls and Danny and Jesse than he probably ever really had in his own home life. And you can't fault a person for wanting that, right? No, guys, I'm probably looking a little too deep into this and I'm probably reading more behind the blinds, what's hidden behind the curtain than really... But still, I just, I see this. I see even a little bit of myself in Joey just based on that level of lo uh, level alone. You know, if you think about it, out of the three guys, Jesse is the only one of the three of them that ha has, that comes from a two-parent household. Granted, again, you know, when we meet Rusty down the road, who is of a... Um, divorced parents, a single parent household, Danny reveals that his parents are divorced. Granted, in the pilot, she's living with her husband. By the time that Doris Roberts, who plays Claire Tanner number two in season three, I believe, she's living in Seattle by herself. So, I don't know. Joey is so emotionally raw and bare right here as he says, My family was always fighting. I don't want to go through that again. Can you imagine how triggering that must be for him? To see everyone shouting at each other and just all those bad feelings coming back. And you, the camera cuts to Jesse and he's just got this, this look on his face like, 
he can see in a way where Jesse, where Joey is coming from, this emotion that he's giving off, and, you know, he tried, Jesse, it's not so much he's making light of the situation, but he's look, like, look, Joseph, there's no such thing as a family that doesn't fight. And he uses the Munsters as an example, oh, TV family as an example, like, even Herman Munster yelled at little Eddie once in a while, which... You know, it gets a laugh from the audience, which kind of, you need to slip in that la laugh under Joey's, um, reveal here. Hey, heck, you should see Jesse and Dad go at it from time to time when they, they get into full-on shouting matches. But, and I think, is, they are cut from the same cloth. They're both tough men. They always want to be right. They never back down. And the thing is... When Jesse and Becky, things get a little heated, but at the end of the day, they both apologize and they both say, look, we both want to be right in this situation, but let's at least compromise. Just come to a compromise. Let you, you both want the best things for your kids, right? There's got to be a happy medium that we can earn a, reach an agreement on. Where we can both be right. Danny gets up off the couch and faces Joey. And he's like, look, Joey. The love, the fun, the responsibility. But he especially points out the discipline. They all go together. And Danny says, when you're in this family, you're in all the way. He, you know, points for emphasis at Joey. Like, you did the right thing. DJ deserved to be punished. And Danny turns... Ed, to DJ and says, am I right, DJ? DJ stands up and says, okay, I give up. I can't win this fight, so look, I won't go to my karate tournament, but I'm. if you're expecting me to be happy about it, I won't be. It's like, honey, they're not expecting you to feel happy about this, okay? They probably don't care whether or not you'll be happy about this. That's not even on the table. The point is, you should have called. You didn't call. You screwed up. They're calling you out on your mistake. You need to take that and just do your punishment. And the thing is, okay, this tournament, it's a big one, right? She's probably had other tournaments. There will be other tournaments, okay? Sign up for karate class too. There will be others. She acts like it's the end of the year. It's the biggest tournament of the year. It, I don't know what to tell you. Call him and say, well, no, don't lie and say you have an emergency. Just, couldn't she have a do-over? I, mean, I don't know. Either way, sweetie, you're going to learn a lesson is you call first. I don't care what you're doing, where you're at, you find a payphone because cell phones didn't exist yet. You call someone, that's what you do. So Danny decides, like, alright, I'll go up there and straighten this out again because she's clearly not getting this through her head. And Joey's like, no, Danny, look, let me go talk to her. This all started because of me and I need to be the one to... He wants to make sure that their relationship is back on solid level. He doesn't like the bumpiness and 
the the tension that he feels is probably if he doesn't go up there and have a one on one with her, their relationship is not gonna be what he wants it to be, which is nice and easy and non complicated. So of course Joey goes upstairs to follow DJ. Stephanie's like, I gave the name of, of everybody here who talked without the talking stick. Blah, 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 blah. Danny and Jesse just look at each other like, all right, on three. One, two, three. And they run over there and they just start tickling the heck out of her until she drops the paper and just laughs. <laughs> yeah. So up in DJ's room, she's putting her karate gi in her closet. Oh no, she takes it right off the hanger, just chucks it on the floor of her crawl closet. Like, well, this is over. I'm still in Korea a bit. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Korea. Uh, karate in season three for Goodbye, Mr. Bear. That may be the last time we see her having anything to do with karate. Let me double check that real quick. Goodbye, ben Mr. Bear is season 2, episode 18. She's definitely doing karate then. She might still be doing karate in divorce court also. So, and that is in, I believe, season 3? Season 3, episode 8. Okay, I actually had to um, put the mic stand on a couple DVDs just because... Um, <laughs> My neck has been really sore for the last couple days. I did make an appointment to get a massage for, um, deep tissue massage or something. Because I can't even really turn my neck too far to the right without it really being sore. And, um, Jeremy was mentioning, you know, you keep bending down to talk into the mic. And I'm just trying to, maybe I need to put another DVD on there. Hold on. Here we go. Oops. Okay. One more. Okay, there we go. That way I don't have to bend my head neck down as much. Um, Joey comes in and says, DJ, can I talk to you a little more? So she sits on her bed. Joey grabs the chair out from DJ's desk. So they're kind of eye to eye with each other. So, like, oh, sure. I mean, I'm not going anywhere. As she rubs that in, like, you know, because of you. And Joey is honest here. He's like, DJ, I'm really worried about what's happening to us. I mean, we've always been great buddies, haven't we? And she's like, yeah, I guess. And he's like, come on, DJ, you know we have. It's like, he, she's really just trying to really guilt the heck out of Joey. Mentions how he's known DJ his whole life, well, her whole life. And he was there the day she was born at the hospital. And he's like, boy, when I first saw you talk about crying... He's like, you were fine. I was sobbing hysterically. I like that Joey's been friends with Danny for so long that he kind of integrated himself, you know, with Danny and, and Pam and everything and shared in the joy of Danny becoming a father for the first time. And it's almost like Joey already at that point was feeling like a part of the family because we see later on in the Goodbye Mr. Bear episode that he's there along with Jesse when Pam and Danny bring Michelle home from the hospital. So he was even there for, for Stephanie's birth, for all of them. He's like, I did a big favor for you that day, remember? And DJ's like, uh, Joey, I was a day old. Well, I remember. I mean, your mom and dad wanted to name you Farrah. Most likely after Farrah Fawcett. Or, as Joey says, the hairstyle. 
DJ just like crinkles up her nose and is just like aghast, like ugh, Farah. Like, come on, you must know Farah Fawcett. I mean, not personally, but you must have heard of her at least. Charlie's Angels. I never watched the show, but uh, and probably my first time with uh, experience with experience. Uh, Farrah Fawcett would probably have been the J- uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas movie in 1994, I believe, 94, 95, uh, called Man of the House with uh, JTT, Chevy Chase, Farrah Fawcett plays JTT's mom. You also have um, the guy who plays Norm on Cheers. He's also George Wentz. He's in there. And Joey's like, hey, look, we can't name her after a hairstyle. So, DJ's kind of had enough of this uh, one-on-one chat with Joey. Joey feels it's not really going anywhere. He's really trying to reach her with saying, I was there the day you were born. We've been really close. It's like, well, that was close. Well, I gotta do my homework as she goes over to Stephanie's side of the room and just sits on the floor leaning back against Stephanie's bed. And... Joey kind of follows her over there, sits on Stephanie's toy box and says, DJ, we've always been good buddies. And I really thought that living together would bring us closer. Honestly, if you think about it, how many other episodes do we get with Joey and DJ really having these one-on-one talks? I, other than this one... I'm trying to rack my brain, and I really, I, I, I see DJ having had more one-on-one talks with Jesse, like the one from Just Say No Way. There was also he had a talk with her, kind of, sort of, which wasn't a problem that she was having to deal with or figure out. It was more like um, Doctor Dare rides again. Stuff like that. But I'm just trying to think. And I just... I think this is really the only one at the point. Which more than likely I could be wrong. But it just... I like that this episode centers on the relationship of Joey and DJ. So if you think about it. If we didn't have this episode. How would we really get the real feel of their relationship? The closeness that he says that they they have together he says you know but now that I'm like a parent it kind of changes things you know I'm having to be a disciplinarian and you know when you mess up and do things wrong I have to correct you on that that's the thing I mean when you know someone who's always like goofy and fun loving and just always smiling I think it's really hard when that changes and you see a side it's basically you're seeing a side of somebody that you've never seen before and it almost changes the whole dynamic of how you view them as a person I mean I know that's probably how it is for me I mean I worked with Jeremy for a year before we started dating and I just you know he had his his video store manager you know assistant manager hat on he was you know his customer service role but I didn't actually see a sight of him until he blew up, like, and yelled when we were all down in Florida for a family trip. And it was like, wow. 
I'm seeing you. And it's, it's like, yeah, when you see someone and just you see a different side of them and it's just like, oh my gosh. Almost to the point where it's like, I didn't know you had that type of an emotion in you. And DJ looks at Joey and says, yeah, I, I never pictured you punishing me. He wants to be a friend to, you know, the girls and everything. And just him being strict with her has probably got to... That's going to strike a chord in DJ. Like, that definitely puts their... What their relationship was... On a whole new different, a whole new level. And Joey is kind of rubbing his hands together, like, yeah, I mean, no, me, me either. And he finally feels like maybe that she's opening up to him a little bit, like giving him a little nugget that he feels comfortable enough to slide off that toy box and actually sit next to her on the floor. Like that ice is slowly being chipped away from DJ that he can actually sit next to her on the floor without her getting up and like moving to the other side of the room because it seems like she when he first came in there she was he was talking to her and they were like mere inches from each other across from each other and she just as quickly got up and like this is too personal I need to put some space between us oh my god my you hear that you hear that familiar t- you know, music come in when uh, underscoring Joey as he's like, last night when I didn't know where you were I was scared to death that something might have happened to you it's like, if anything ever happened to you I don't know what I do and it's just that's love right there guys that is love, that is dedication for wanting to protect, even though they're not blood related even though they're not father and daughter, there is a kinship there. And he has vowed to watch those kids and guard them with his life. But if you think about it, that's a two-way street. DJ has to remember to work the phones. So poor Joey does not get any more gray hairs. He's not even 40 yet and he's getting gray hairs because DJ forgot to call and he's thinking the worst things in his mind. DJ is finally clicking in her head and she turns to Joey and she's just kind of scrunching up her face kind of nervous and sad like you know she's I- I'm sorry about all those mean things I said to you. She says, you know, I was just mad. It's like, well, of course you were. You were you were just being a teenager, sweetie. That's just... Yeah. And he's like, well, that's good. Because I love you so much. <laughs> Joey, my heart. My heart, Joey. Oh. And DJ's like, I love you too, Joey. And she's kind of biting her lip. Like, yeah, it's... It's a good relationship between the both of them. And I honestly, I miss this Joey. I miss this Joey on Fuller House. I know he's just a side character that comes back again and again. But he's just mainly his goofy, silly self. It feels like that depth that they gave him over the course of the show. And he almost does kind of lose that. But you do see it come back into Joey with love. Where he has to come down on... 
Michelle for talking out of turn and being disrespectful in the classroom. She pretty much gives him the same reaction as DJ did earlier. I'm trying to think if he ever had anything like this. With... Goodbye, Mr. Bear. Perfect example there when we get to that episode. That is going to be... Even though it's Stephanie and the whole family kind of rallying around here when Joey loses Mr. B supposedly loses Mr. Bear, there is that between Stephanie and Joey, that relationship there that does get a little bit strained. Let me hug. And DJ's like, hey, if it weren't for you, I'd be Farrah Joe Tanner. They're both looking at each other like, ew. So, Joey does kind of cave. He's like, you know what I'm thinking, D? Jesse stands up. I'm kind of new at this discipline thing. He's like, I know that you should be grounded. Maybe grounding you for this weekend was a little unfair. And she gets up right away. She is so, like, excited. You mean it? I can go to my karate tournament? Like, yeah, what the heck? And she's like, thank you, thank you, thank you. She's like, you're gonna make a great dad. Um... Not really. <laughs> Have you seen those gremlins that he calls uh, Joan, Phyllis, Jerry, and Lewis? Those are demon children, I swear. If you had to face down those kids or gremlins, what would you rather face? Yeah. And he's like, why? Because you got what you wanted? And she's like, no. Because you're fair. You were fair. So basically, in other words, you got what you wanted. <laughs> he's like... Alright, well, thanks. But remember, next weekend, you're grounded. And she's like, oh, that's fine. That's great. That's perfect. Oh, no. Just remembered, Kimmy and I had plans to go horseback riding. Wait just a gosh darn minute. Um, in DJ's first horse, when we get to that episode, Kimmy did not even want to be on Rocket. She didn't want to pet him. She didn't want to touch him. You're telling me she's going to go horseback riding with you. Really? Because the way she acted is like almost like she had a phobia of horses. Yeah, I'm having a hard time believing that. And he, Joey just folds his arms and just looks down at DJ like, huh? No, you're grounded, sweetie. She's like, you know I had to try. She, okay, just karate. It's like, uh, how is he going to explain that to Danny and Jesse? Because I, I would love to hear that conversation when she comes down in her karate gear. Like, D uh, DJ, no, Joey said no karate tournament. And she's like, oh, well, Joey said it was okay that I'm just going to be grounded next weekend. Like, <laughs> yeah. And Joey puts his hands up like, on guard. And she, like, gets into her karate stance and start he starts backing out the window. Or, I mean, out the door, excuse me. I'm going to play this clip. DJ, can I talk to you a little more? Sure. I'm not going anywhere, remember? I'm worried about what's happening to us. We've always been great buddies, right? Yeah, I guess. DJ, you know we have. I've known you your whole life. <laughs> I was at the hospital the day you were born. Boy, when I first saw you, talk about crying. You were fine. I was sobbing hysterically. <laughs> but I did you a big favor that day. Do you remember? Joey, I was a day old. Well, I remember. Your mom and dad wanted to name you Farah. Farah? I said, hey, we can't name her after a hairstyle. 
was close. Well, I better do my homework. DJ, we've always been great buddies. And I thought that living together would bring us even closer. But now that I'm like a parent, it kind of changes things, huh? Yeah. I never pictured you punishing me. Yeah, me either. DJ. Last night, when I didn't know where you were, I was scared to death. If anything ever happened to you... I'm sorry about all those mean things I said to you. I was just mad. That's good. Because I love you so much. I love you too, Joey. For you, I'd be fair on Joe Tanner. Ew. You know what I'm thinking, Deech? I'm kind of new at this discipline thing. I know that you should be grounded, but maybe grounding you for this weekend was a little unfair. You mean it? I can go to my karate tournament? Yeah, what the heck. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> You're going to make a great dad. Why, because you got what you wanted? you up there. Well, thanks. Now, remember, next weekend, you're grounded. Oh, that's fine. It's great. It's perfect. Oh, wait. I just remembered. Kimmy and I had plans to go horseback riding. <laughs> you know I had to try. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just karate. <laughs> Alright, so that is the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I really liked this look at the relationship between Joey and DJ. We do get a little bit of insight into Joey's childhood where he grew up in a family that was, you know, fighting and eventually his parents led to his parents' divorce. His dad was in the military in the Thanksgiving episode. We learned that his dad is on his, like, fourth or seventh marriage. <sighs> Um, lesson learned for this episode is going to be, if you're like, guys, we live in a world of cell phones, of texting, of calling and messaging. There is no reason for you not to be able to call when you're going to be late. I get it. There's usually like, phone died. I'm stuck in traffic. There's, you know, other situations. But really, it's just, it's just being respectful to the other person who's waiting on you. And kids today, you know, DJ's age nowadays, they got cell phones, so there's no reason for them not to call. That's why kids probably get cell phones, so the parents can keep tabs on them. I know that there really aren't many payphones around anymore. I can't remember the last time I saw a payphone, but I definitely remember the last time I probably used one. I was in high school. No, actually, I wasn't. I was 20, living in my apartment, and I was calling somebody who lived in another city. I was using one of those phone cards. God. So, favorite outfit, I'm going to go with Joey's Napoleon and Lafayette sweater. That just is so cool looking. Um, As far as for worst outfit of the episode, I'm going to give it to DJ's black t-shirt that looks like it's got, like, the glitter pens that were just, like, taken and just swiping up and down with the gold and the light blue and the pink patterns and stuff it just it's not great 
Definitely relatable character of the episode is definitely going to be Joey. I get his pain. I know what he's going through. If I had to go up with runner-up worst outfit, um, I'm going to say Jesse. I'm not a fan of the turtlenecks that he wears. It's just, mm, no. I did manage to bring up what do colored karate ranks at this mean. At this point, DJ is a purple belt. Alright, white belt represents the very beginning or the birth of the martial arts process. Stop it, Lon. The brand new student does not yet know how to control their minds or bodies, but their white belt is a symbol of both their clean slate and their willingness to learn. I like that. A yellow belt is awarded when a new student has demonstrated that they are opening their minds to the practice of karate and to their sensei's teachings. Orange belt presents the student who has further opened their minds to karate teachings and is beginning to benefit from that more brilliant light. Orange is awarded to the student who is starting to gain a sound grasp of karate's basic and fundamental skills. The green belt represents very steps of their journey are complete and they can begin to work toward their the intermediate belt. The blue belt. The green belt really, that wasn't much of a definition, but... The green belt builds upon the lessons and techniques that they have already been taught and continues to strive for more knowledge, skill, and ability to control their mind and body in ways of the art. The blue belt represents the growth toward that sky as the student is fed more and more difficult techniques in order to nurture their growth. Purple belt, which is what DJ is. As the student reaches the end of their time at the blue belt level, they begin to develop a deeper appreciation of what a black belt means. The graduation to a purple karate belt represents a moment of dramatic transition for the karateka as they begin to grow into the more advanced levels of their training. Just like the purple color that the sky takes on as it begins to emerge into dawn. The brown belt is a student who is ready to mature into the higher ranks. The brown belt will begin to reap the benefits of all their hard work from their first steps as a white belt to the current stage in their journey. Red belt, the color of a spectacular sunset. A red belt symbolizes a student's intense dedication as they work toward mastery of their art. As they gain more detailed knowledge and learn increasing control and discipline in their physical skill. As red can also signify danger, a red karate belt can also be read as an acknowledgement of the fact that a student is becoming more dangerous thanks to their skills, which of course must be balanced with their newfound self-control. Alright, we finally made it to black belt. In many, many ways, the black karate belt symbolizes the end, the, the darkness that exists after a sun has set and a plant that has been harvested. The student who has completed their transformation from unknowing and unskilled white belt into a mature and wise black belt, as with any journey though, the end is only the beginning of something new. As many karateka will tell you, guys, I'm sorry I'm mispronouncing that name, I'm sure I am, your martial arts evolution truly begins when you earn your black belt. While it does signify 
your mastery of karate fundamentals. It also, more importantly, represents that you are ready to share what you've learned with others and continue to grow and seek both skill and enlightenment from your training. This is very informative, definitely. All right, so the next episode I will be covering for the Back to School series this week is going to be Season 6, Episode 15, entitled Be True to Your Preschool, which aired on January 26, 1993. In this episode, Jesse lies about the twins' academic abilities to get them into a prestigious preschool, and Kimmy gets her driver's license. DJ Stephanie Michelle go for a joy ride with Kimmy and her freshly minted driver's license. Alright, so that'll be coming out this Friday. So everyone have a wonderful, wonderful start to the week. We are now in fall. And look forward to a few more back to school episodes for in the Full House back to school series in October. And then in uh, late October, you will get Divorce Court, the Full House Halloween-type episode, and The Curse of Tanner Manor in, in Fuller House. So, look forward to those. If you'd like to email the podcast or send an audio file for any of uh, your comments for or insight, opinions on future Full House, Fuller House episodes, I'd love to hear them. Just make sure that they are clean, because this is a clean Full House, Fuller House podcast. You can send those audio files to omhc fhfhpodcast at gmail.com. Have a great week, everybody. Bye-bye.